Welcome, new listener. You are have tuned in to Javine, grooving on up. I'm hoping to expect a lot of new listeners. Please, please, Lord, especially the beautiful souls I saw come to you today in Bama. Yeah, shout out. What was that? Wow. That's all I gotta say. Wow. Okay. So, I'm so inspired, I'm going to read the story I've been wanting to read to you guys from day one, but nobody was ready. But today, I'm in a new room because the other one's occupied, and I'm in a closet. Does anybody know what a water closet is? Oh yeah, that's where I'm at, a water closet. I have two in my house. Some people might only have one, or five, whatever, Downton Abbey. The super gospel, you guys! We're finally gonna read this! Alright? We're gonna read it. Super awesome. If I were to read it really, really fast and read it straight through, it would literally take me six hours. Do you know how long this thing is? I was not gonna read it till you guys were ready because I was like, dude, I can't enjoy this by myself. This is too good of 374 pages. Yeah. Alright. So we're gonna... Do it some Tina Turner. Hit it. We're gonna open up. Nice and easy. Gonna keep on rolling. Yeah. We're gonna roll it all. Brown Mary, keep on burning. We're rolling, 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 rolling down the river. I'm going to keep singing until he stops crying because I, I can't even think when he cries. All right, I'm going to get out of the get out of this bathroom. Thank you for this short introduction. If you'd like to read along with us, it is on scriptural-truth.com. Thank you so much, Robert C. Farrell. We lift him up to the Lord and hope he gets with us. The Super Gospel, A Harmony of Ancient Gospels, Infancy Introduction. We're going to pull an introduction right from Scripture. St. Luke and St. John, chapter 1 and chapter 1. Luke said it in four verses, but John took about 18. So we'll just listen on in. Be right back. Thank you very much. Jump right in there. Let's start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us for our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but please deliver us from evil. For thy art the kingdom, the power, and the glory from everlasting to everlasting. In Christ Jesus, we pray in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please give us wisdom to discern. And please let us hear your word. And please let it be written in our hearts like gold threads on the sea file. Thank you. Bye-bye. Amen. All right, let's go. Okay, can you... There's nowhere for me to go to get any peace and quiet around here. All right. I'm going back to the water closet. Bye-bye. 
Since it is clear that many have painstakingly tried to stitch together a narrative regarding matters which have been proven to our own satisfaction, even as did those who, from the very beginning, were eyewitnesses and humble administrators of the word, it seemed right that I should follow suit. Accordingly, ordering and writing to you, or reading to you, from a loftier view, most noble lover of God, yeah, you, that you also might come to see the certainty in the things that you were taught. In the first place, there was the word. And this word had to do with God. And this word was God. And this was the very first, the very basis for drawing near to God. Everything was brought into being because of it. And apart from it, not so much as one thing was ever come to pass. For within it, there was life. And that light was, in, was enlightenment for all of mankind. And that light continues to shine through all of the darkness without that darkness ever perceiving it. God sent out a man whose name was John. He came to attest to that light that all might come to believe it through him. Not that he was that light, but he did come as a witness to that light, the true light. He, the, the true light was he who, who illuminates all men, by his coming into the world. He was in the world and the world came into being because of him. Yet the world never did recognize him. He joined in among his own, but they refused to accept him. To as many as trusted in his good name, however, he did come to accept him and did and did come to accept him like I saw today? He gave the chance to become God's own children, brought forth through neither bloodline, nor the will of the flesh, nor the slightest effort on the part of men, uh-huh, but the agency of God instead. The Word put on flesh and lived among us, and he recognized his preeminence as God's only son, brimming with spiritual life, being the embodiment of truth. John has aptly testified of him and resoundingly proclaimed, this was the same one one, point up, who appeared before me, pointing heart, bringing that word, bringing word that through 
me, he would, he would rise to prominence. And from this man, or rather him in the fullest sense, each of us, that's you, that's you, that's you, that's you, that's me, that's you, receives this gift, true spiritual experience, as opposed to mere spiritual intercession. Okay, can we get beyond that point now? Can we all just, great. Because through Moses came the law, whereas through Jesus, the Christ, came the gift of spiritual fulfillment along with the embodiment of truth. What's truth? Oh, let's find out. No one ever saw God clearly before. Hello. The only begotten son is revealing him now from the heart of the father. Hashtag sacred hearts. All right, I'm going to end of chapter, pick right back up at Mary's parents. Okay, pop quiz, Saint Anne and Saint. There you go. Two, one. All right, so we just heard from the two witnesses, Luke and John, who together testify to gather us together to get her. Who's her? Mary's parents, of course. Who is love? Let me hear it. Mary's parents. Referencing B, Mary, chapter 1, verse, six verses from the chapter. Or you can see uh, these other two things, whatever. Anyways, picture it. Jerusalem. Here begins the book of the birth of the blessed Mary and the childhood of our Savior, which was written in Hebrew uh -huh. by the most reverend, it is three o'clock right now, Apostle Matthew. Oh Lord, we honor your three o'clock holy hour. Let us dive into your words together with you, oh Lord. Let your spirit come through me in the name of the Father. Let me do you justice, O oh Lord. The holy and majestic Virgin Mary was born in the city of Nazareth, descended from David's royal line, and received her instruction in the Lord's temple in Jerusalem. Her father's name was Joachim, J-O. A chim, not a chin, a chim. J-O-A-H-I-M. And his family was from Galilee in the city of Nazareth. Her mother was named Anna, and her family was from Bethlehem. So Anna and her family was from Bethlehem. Joachim and his family was from the city Nazareth in G 
Galilee, a county like Las Vegas, Nevada, Los Angeles, California, New York, New York, New York. Oh, don't get me singing. They lived plainly and honestly before God, piously and blamelessly in the sight of men. According to the Chronicles of the Twelve Tribes of Israel, Joachim, a wealthy man of Judah's line, was in Jerusalem at this time. Oh, he shepherded his own sheep and loved the Lord wholeheartedly and with all integrity. His entire concern was for the well-being of his herds. And from the food that they produced, he fed every God-fearing person, honoring God by offering a twofold charity to everyone who served him. Twofold? Was that twain? That's what Jesus did. And who worked at teaching. He brought all of his offerings before the Lord, saying, what I bring as a sacrifice for my own sins will be dedicated to the Lord, that he might be appeased with me. What is over and above that will be for the people to use. So his entire income, his lambs, his sheep, his wool, and everything else that he owned was split, get this, how many fingers you got? Minus two, three ways. One part was devoted to orphans, widows and foreigners and the needy in general. Another, the second part goes to the temple. Second part goes to the temple. It's officials and those who worship God, worship God. The third part he reserved for his own needs and those of his entire family. This he practiced. This level of generosity for the from the age of 15. Teenager. And all the while, God compounded his flocks and his wealth, such that there was no one else like him in all of Israel. Joachim? Yeah. When he was 20, he married the best woman there was, Anna, A-N-N-A, the daughter of who? Issachar. Issachar. I-S-S-A-C-H-A-R. Is Sukkur. Oh, got it. Is Sukkur. Got it. Who shared his lineage from David. You see? They, pr they practiced this decent way of living for about 20 years. All right? David has, this is my 28 now, right? Okay. 26, 28, I don't know. 20 something. Whatever. Being approved by God and respected by men. Yet, there's always a yet. There's always a but. There's wait. There's more. 
yet she bore him neither son nor daughters. Oh boy. What we value in life, right people? Come on, let me hear it. The great day of the Lord is approaching. T-G-D-L. Isn't it? I think so. The great day of the Lord is, was approaching. Sorry, sorry. Was approaching. And the people of Israel were bringing their oblations. Now, during the festal days, Joachim was gathering his gifts before the Lord in the company of some other people who were con- who were offering up their incense. Uh-huh. Now you know a little bit about Joachim and could you imagine, right? Like you're going to church, you're being a good person, you your conscience is clear, but everybody else is like giving you like man, I don't know. I don't understand this well. I feel Joachim. I understand him. What are Now during the festal days Joachim was gathering his gifts before the Lord in the company of some other people who were offering their incense up. And this priest, Reuben here, rose to my feet. I walked over to Joachim and I said, it is unlawful for you to stand here alongside these others and present your offerings ahead of those who are sacrificing to God, seeing that you have fathered no children in Israel, period, unquote. But they had solemnly pledged. Nobody knew this. This is in parentheses. They themselves in their own heart had solemnly pledged that if God should bless them with a child, they would consecrate it to the service of the Lord. I mean, why else would you want a kid? It's a lot of work for nothing, you know what I mean? They would consecrate it to the service of the Lord, which was why they went to the Lord's temple during every feast of the year. Why do you go to Mass? <laughs> you want to be with him. You want, to, you want him to, you want to give, you're so thankful for everything you, he's given you. You want to give him something back to express your love. But what do you give somebody who has everything? I don't need you. I want you. Isn't that better? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Anyways. Let's continue. I'm going to mark this right here. We're going to come back for Joachim's censure. What does that mean? I don't know. We're going to find out. All right. Joachim's censure. Okay. What am I naming this one? Uh, you're naming this one Mary's parents. Good enough. Jerusalem. Joachim's censor, picture it, Jerusalem, the hill country. Now, when the dedication feast, DF, divine feast dedication, was approaching during the high priesthood of Issachar, 
Jehoiakim and some others of his tribe traveled up to Jerusalem. And when they saw Jehoiakim and some of the others of his tribe traveled up to Jerusalem, when they saw Jehoiakim and his companions bringing their offerings, he snubbed both him and his gifts, demanding, Why would a childless person like you be so presumptuous as to come and stand here alongside those who are not? God will never accept any offerings from you. He also added, He hasn't even deemed you worthy to have children. Remember that the scriptures read, Accursed are all who fail to father a son in Israel. Moreover, he said, You ought first to free yourself from that curse by fathering a child, and only then should you bring your offerings into the presence of the Lord. Completely taken aback by such a shameful and public censure, Joachim ran away from the Lord's temple in tears. He felt discouraged and said to himself, I will check the registrar to see if I am indeed the only one in Israel who has not brought up any children. So he consulted the archives of the twelve tribes and learned that all of the upright in Israel had indeed raised up children. Then he recalled that even as his day was drawing to a close, God blessed the patriarch Abraham with his son Isaac. Now, since Joachim was so depressed, he did not wish to go back home and face his wife and neighbors who, after all, had been there and had heard all the high priest had said and feared that they might publicly humiliate him as well. But he therefore did not go back home. Instead, he withdrew into the mountains of a faraway land with his herdsmen so that his wife Anna might hear nothing about him. There he set up his tent. And after some time, he started fasting. Guess how long? 40 days and 40 nights. He said, for 40 days and 40 nights, I will not eat nor drink anything. He said to himself, my prayer, my prayer will be my only food and drink until the Lord my God visits me. At the very same time, his wife was worried sick about him. His wife Anna sang two elegies and uttered a double lament. I will weep for my widowhood and wail for my barrenness. For because she had heard nothing of what had become of Joachim, she complained to God, and in tears did she plea, O Lord, great and powerful God of Israel, you have given, you have given me no children. Why have you taken my husband as well? Behold, 
It has been five months since I have seen him, and I have no idea where he might be. If I knew that he were dead, I could at least bury him. Then she entered into the courtyard of his house in the depth of her sorrow, fell to her face and prayed, pouring forth her requests to the Lord. And afterward, even though she felt dejected, Anna got up from her prayers and took off her mourning clothes, washed her face and put on her wedding garments. She then entered into the courtyard of his house in the depth of her sorrow, fell to her face and prayed, pouring forth her requests to the Lord. And afterward, even though she felt dejected, Anna got up from her prayers, took off her morning clothes, washed her hair, and put on her wedding garments. At about the ninth hour, she went for a walk in her garden and saw a laurel tree there. Oh, and sitting down beneath it, she begged the Lord, Oh God of our fathers, hearken to my prayer and bless me. Even as you blessed the womb of Sarah and graced her with your son Isaac. Then Anna looked into the sky and sighed, and noticing a nest of sparrows there in the laurel tree, she sang the following elegy. Poor little me, who gave me life, whoa, me for, I was born only to be cursed, oh Lord, was I, was I born only to be cursed before people? even the sons of Israel, and I was censured. They ridiculed me. They threw me out of the Lord's temple. Poor little me. What am I to be compared? I am not to be compared with the birds of the sky because, oh my Lord, even the birds produce sweet songs they sing, oh my lord. I am not to be compared with the birds of the sky because, oh my lord, even the birds of the sky produce for you. 
Poor little me, with what am I to be compared? I am not to be compared with a speechless beast. Because, oh my Lord, even the speechless beast produced for you. I am not to be compared with the Earth's wild animals because, oh my lord, Discovery Channel, even though, even the wild animals of the Earth produce for you, good lord. Poor little me. I am not to be compared to the waters because, oh my lord, even these waters produce for you. I am not to be compared with this Earth. Even the earth produced in its season and praises you, O oh my Lord. And she spoke softly, saying, Lord God Almighty, the one who has given posterity to all living things, you, every creature, be they either tame or wild to serpents, birds, and fish as well, that they might all take pleasure in their youth. Only I am deprived of your generous gift, but you, dear Lord, know that from my wedding day, I promised in my heart that if ever you gave me a son or a daughter, I would give them back to you, to you in your sacred temple. An angel appears to Anna in Jerusalem. And behold, even as she was saying all these things, one of God's angels suddenly appeared to her and said, Anna, Anna, do not be afraid. Do you not think that what you see is some delusion? For I am the angel who has presented your petitions and charitable donations through the presence of God. The Lord God has heard your plea and ordained seed for you. He will conceive and give birth. You will conceive and give birth. And your child's name will be the talk of the whole earth. All generations will marvel at what you are to bear even until the end of the age. As my Lord is the living God, Anna replied, if a child is given to me, be it either a boy or a girl, I will give it to the Lord my God, and it will serve him all the days of its life. Then the angel said to her, I have been sent to you to let you know that you are to bear a daughter. You are to name her Mary, and she will be favored above all other women. And as soon as she is born, she will exhibit qualities like those of the Lord. She will be brought up in her father's house until the three years of her weaning run out. Then she will be given to the service of the Lord. She will never set foot 
off the temple grounds until she reaches the age of discretion. In short, in that place, she will serve the Lord, fasting and praying day and night, keeping away from every unclean thing and never lying with a man. This would, will be unparalleled. A virgin will give birth to a son in a pure and undefiled manner without sleeping with a man. A young woman will bring forth the Lord who will rescue the world through his divine nature, power, and labors. And after he spoke in this, the angel vanished from her sight. But because she had seen all this and heard such words, she withdrew to her bedroom in fear and dread, threw herself over her bed as dead, and stayed there all day and night in prayer and trembling. When all of this had taken place, she called her servant to herself and said, Do you not see how my widowhood has deluded me and caused me no end of confusion? Even so, you have been unwilling to come in and visit me. Now the great day of the Lord was approaching, so her servant Judas said, Anna, how long are you going to wail in your self-pity? Because the Lord's great day is nearly upon us, and you will be unable to do any mourning then. Behold, here is a head covering. A seamstress had given it to me, but because I am just a servant, I cannot wear it. Why not take it to yourself instead, since it is so greatly befits your regal appearance? Oh, go away! Anna replied, I will not accept this thing from you. The Lord has humiliated me, and who knows but that some evildoer has not given it to you. Your passing it on to me might only get me caught up in your sins. Somewhat sullenly, Judith replied. And how am I? And how am I? Supposed to bring a curse down on you. Seeing that you never even listened to me. The Lord God has sealed your womb that you might not bring forth any children in Israel. If God himself has clothed your womb and taken your husband away from you, what could I possibly do to you? And when Anna heard that, she raised her voice and wept aloud. Why don't we by locate for a second and transport ourselves to the mountain. Imagine it, the mountainous countryside. Joachim, meanwhile, was alone on the mountains feeding his flocks. One day, a young boy appeared to him and asked, Why not go? Sir, why not go back home to your wife? I have been with her for 20 years now. 
exclaimed Joachim. And it has not been God's will to give me any children through her. With shame and reproach, I have been cast out from the temple of the Lord. Why should I return to her, seeing that I have already been completely scorned and driven out? So, as long as God gives me light in this life, I will simply stay here with my sheep. With a little help from my servants, I will give the poor, the orphans, and the God-fearing their portion. And after he had spoken this, the young man, an angel of the Lord, stood there, bathed in a dazzling light. Now, because Joachim had been rattled by the visitation, the angel, who had shown himself to Joachim, tried to console him, saying, Do not be shaken by my manifestation to you, for I am the angel of the Lord sent to you by him in order to let you know that he has heard your prayers and seen your alms. He has also seen your humiliation and heard the unjust accusations leveled against you with regard to your childlessness. But it is an on account of their own sins that God punishes people and not their physical condition. Whenever he closes a woman's womb, he has a miraculous opening in mind so that what it brings forth might be seen as the gift of God and not as the result of mere passion. For was it not Sarai, the mother of our people, childless until her 18th year? And did she not bring to pass the blessing promised to every nation, bringing forth Isaac to such an old age? And a Rachel, who was so favored by God and beloved of Jacob, went out for a long time before she went before she ever bore a child, yet she later went on to bear Joseph, who not only governed Egypt, but also spared many nations a famine's death. And even though both of their mothers were barren, who among the judges was braver than Samson or holier than Samuel, But if reason should fail to convince you of the soundness of my speech, that many who were barren have conceived in their old age and brought forth to their surprise, this very day I have appeared to your wife as she sat weeping and praying and comforted her. Know, therefore, that your wife Anna will bring forth a daughter from your very own seed, and you have abandoned her without even knowing this. You are to name her Mary, 
and she is to be set apart to the Lord's service from the time of her birth, even as you have promised. She will be filled with the Holy Spirit from her mother's womb and will remain within the temple of God where the Holy Spirit will live in her. She will never eat or drink any unclean thing and will speak only with those inside the Lord's temple and never outside with the rest of the world that she might avoid slanderous and evil suspicions. She will moreover be venerated above all other holy women such that no one will be able to say that any woman before her was ever like her, nor indeed any one in this world come along hereafter, whatever will, whoever will be, and even as she will be born in a miraculous fashion, so also in due course will she bear in a way unparalleled. While yet a virgin, she will bring forth the Most High God who will rescue all nations as His name, Jesus, signifies. Go down from these mountains, therefore, and return to your wife, whom you will find is pregnant. God has raised up a seed inside her, and you will thank him for it. Her child will be blessed, and so will she. Indeed, she is to be made the mother of everlasting blessing. And as a sign of what I have told you, as soon as you arrive at the Golden Gate in Jerusalem, you will meet up with your wife, Anna, who, though downcast over you not having over your not returning sooner, will be joyful at the sight of you. Then Joachim worshipped the angel and said, If I have found favor in your eyes, then come, sit in my tent a while and bless your servant. But the angel corrected him and said, Do not say servant, but fellow servant. For we both serve a single master. But my food cannot be seen, and my drink is invisible to men. You should therefore not invite me into your tent. If, however, you 
were ready to offer me something, sacrifice it instead as a burnt offering to the Lord. And taking a spotless lamb, Joachim said to the angel, I would never have taken it upon myself to present a burnt offering to the Lord had you not first commanded me and given me the priestly authority to do so. I would never have said that you could, the angel replied, unless I had first known the will of the Lord. And as Joachim was offering up his sacrifice to God, the angel ascended with the fragrance of smoke, of the smoke, right up into the sky. Then Joachim fell to his face and prayed for the sixth hour until dusk. And the young men and hired hands who were with him there, unaware of why he was lying there face down, supposed that he had passed away. They hurried over to him, and with great difficulty they lifted him up off the ground. And when Joachim related the vision of the angel to to them, they were stricken with alarm and amazement and advised him to do according to the angelic vision and hurry back home to his wife just as soon as possible. And even as Joachim was considering whether or not he ought to go back, a deep sleep overwhelmed him. And behold, an angel who had shown himself to him before when he was awake now appeared to him in his sleep and said, God has appointed me to be your guardian angel. Go down, therefore, and return to Anna in complete assurance because the merciful deeds that you and your wife have performed have been spoken in the presence of the highest. God is giving you fruit such as has never been given to either prophet or saint, nor will ever be given hereafter. Now when Joachim stirred from his slumber, he went down, summoned his herdsmen, and related his dream to them. He said, Bring me ten spotless ewe lambs, that I might give them to the Lord my God, he instructed them. 
Bring me also twelve unblemished calves, which will be for the elders and the priests, as well as a hundred young he goats, which will be for the entire nation. Then they worshipped the Lord, seeing to it that you never again disregard an angel's words. They cautioned Joachim. Let us rise up and move on. We will return at a leisurely pace, feeding our flocks along the way. So now that Joachim is well on his way to go meet his wife, let's see what she's doing because the angel is now going back to Anna again. So still in Jerusalem, now after they have traveled for 30 days, And draw near to the place, behold, two angels of the Lord came and appeared to Anna, who was standing in the midst of prayer, and proclaimed to her, one of them proclaimed to her, Look, your Joachim, your husband, is coming with his driver and his droves of sheep, cattle, and goat. An angel, you see. has come down to him from the Lord, saying, Joachim, Joachim, the Lord himself has heard your prayer. You must leave this place at once, for your wife, Anna, is to bear you a child. Get up, therefore, and as proof of what I have told you, set out for Jerusalem, and when you reach that entrance, which, because it is overlaid with gold, is referred to as... The Golden Gate. You will meet up with your husband, whose safety has so concerned you, for he is coming back to you. When you see these things happen as I have described them, believe that everything else I have told, spoken to you will certainly come to pass. So with all speed, she and her maidens went out to greet him. They each therefore left their places as they had been told by the angels, and they each arrived at the specified place where they were to meet up. Anna, nearly exhausted from standing and waiting at the gate so long and praying for him to show, lifted up her eyes. And behold, she saw Joachim approaching in the distance with his droves 
And when Anna saw Joachim coming, she ran up to him, threw her arms around his neck, offered up her thanks to God and said, Now I am certain that the Lord God has regarded me highly, for I was a widow, but now I am a widow no more. Barren, but now I have conceived a child. Then they, exulting in their respective visions and fully convinced that they would bring forth a child, paid their debt of gratitude to the Lord, who honors those who exercise humility. Then after they had praised the Lord, they both went home and Joachim spent his first day home at rest. The, fir- the following day he went to offer up his beasts, saying in his heart, The frontlet of the priest will clearly reveal whether the Lord is favorable toward me. And as Joachim was offering them up, he ascended to the Lord's altar, looked into the plate at the forehead of the priest, and saw no sin within himself. Now I am certain, said Joachim, that the Lord God has favored me and given me of all, forgiven me of all my sins. That the Lord God has favored me and forgiven me of all my sins. And fully vindicated, he left the Lord's temple and went down to his house where they lived in joy and complete assurance that God would do what he had promised. And when word of this had gotten around, there was so much joy among all their friends and neighbors And as much as the entire nation of Israel offered them, congratulations. Next, the birth and infancy of Mary. Details about Jesus' family and family life. Jerusalem. So Anna conceived and then proclaimed, Lord, please accept what's in my womb, for I am consecrating it to your service, for you surely know and hear all things. And during her nine month, ninth month, after coming to full term, Anna gave birth. What have I borne? She asked the midwife. A little girl, the midwife answered. Anna cried out, Today my soul is magnified. Lord, I have brought forth a daughter and named her Mary. Protect her and all of her children from that accursed one, Satan. And she lay down 
and when the time of her purification had passed, Anna began to nurse the child. Then, on the eighth day, she named her Mary. On the eighth day, she named her Mary, as the angel had instructed them, for her name will never fade. And the girl grew more robust with each day that passed. Now, when she was six months old, her mother set her on the ground to see if she could but stand on her feet. And after taking one, two, three, four, five, six, oh, seven, she returned to her mother's lap. Then Anna. Lifted her up and exclaimed, "As my Lord is the living God, you will no more walk upon this ground until such time as I take you into the Lord's temple." She then converted Mary's nursery into a sanctuary. And allowed nothing defiled or polluted to pass through. Then Anna sought assistance from the Jewish virgins, and they took Mary to themselves, serving her, caring for her, and keeping her amused. And on Mary's first birthday, Joachim readied a great. Banquet invited all the priests, teachers of the law, and the elders, even the entire nation of Israel, and he presented the girl to the priests, who blessed her, saying. God of our fathers, bless this child and give her an illustrious reputation that shines eternally throughout the generations. And all who were there realized, Amen, Amen, Amen. From there, they took her over to the chief priests, who blessed her, saying, "God of the highest heaven, look upon this little girl, grace her with a perfect and unsurpassable blessing." Then her mother took her into her nursery, and suckled her there, singing this song to the Lord. I will praise the Lord 
with a song. For he has come and cleared me of the dishonor heaped upon me by my enemies. And the Lord has given me virtue in its full fruitage, unparalleled, yet everywhere before him. Who will proclaim to the sons of Reuben that Anna is nursing? Listen closely, you twelve tribes of Israel. Anna is nursing. She then placed Mary to sleep on her bed in her recently enshrined nursery. Nursery and then returned to serve at the feast. After After the banquet, they left rejoicing and praising the God of Israel. The child grew apace as the months went by, and when she was two years old, Joachim said, Let's take her up to the Lord's temple, for we made a promise which we must fulfill. Otherwise, the Lord might curse us and refuse our offering. But Anna said, We should wait until the three years have passed, so the girl will no longer yearn for her mother and father. Very well, we can wait, said Joachim. So when the child had turned three, the time allotted for her weaning had run out. So Joachim said, summon the Jewish virgins and light a torch for each of them, so that the girl might not return heart and mind, distracted from the temple of the Lord. Joachim and his wife Anna gave all diligence to this right up to the time they had reached the Lord's temple with the sacrifices they had brought to offer God. Dowry! There they entered the young Mary into the Society of Virgins, where the other virgins stayed praising God both day and night. Now, let's talk about the temple for a second. Around the temple and before its doors were steps. How many? Fifteen. 
actually. One, two, three, four, five, six. Fifteen steps to climb, which correspond to the fifteen psalms of ascent. And the temple was built into the mountain in such a way that the altar for the burnt offerings being outside could not be approached except by these fifteen steps. And the holy and virgin Mary's parents placed her on the very first step before the temple doors and according to practice went to change out of their traveling clothes and into some that were nice and clean. Meanwhile, the Lord's Virgin, not needing anyone to help or lead her, ascends all the steps one by one so quickly that she did not even look behind, nor did she seek out her parents, as other children typically do. Anyone would have thought her to be of a proper age. The priest then hugged and blessed Mary. The Lord has magnified your name throughout the generations. For at the close of this age, the Lord will unveil his plan to deliver all the tribes of Israel through you. Then the priest placed her on the third step of the altar and the Lord filled her with such joy that her feet started dancing. And all the families of Israel adored her. Her parents, who had each been running around looking anxiously for the child until they found her in the temple, were equally amazed. The priests were also taken aback. This was how the Lord chose to bring to pass this wonderful work to show forth the greatness that the Virgin would one day come to embody by means of this marvel done in her childhood.
Then Anna, filled with the Holy Spirit, said before them, The all-powerful Lord, the host, the God of hosts, has come to visit his people in holiness and benevolence, being ever mindful of his word to cut, to size the hearts of the Gentiles who had been rising up against us. and to convert them to himself. He, he is unstoppable. He has unstopped, he, he has unstopped his ears to hearken to our prayers and has silenced the gloating of our enemies. The barren one has become a mother, bringing forth joy and celebration to Israel. For behold, the gifts that I have brought to offer to my Lord. And powerless were they, my adversaries, to stop me. For you see, God, God has opened their hearts to me and given me eternal gladness. And after her parents had offered up their sacrifices and completed their pledge, even as the law directs, they left the virgin in the temple, housing with the other virgins who were to be brought up there, and they returned to their own home, exulting in the Lord, amazed that the girl did not turn back. Now, it was during that same year that Anna was widowed. Anna, had a sister. Anna and Imarina were sisters, you see. And Marina and Anna were sisters, you see. And 
Emmarina was the mother of Elizabeth, who had brought forth John, the Baptist. And because Anna, the mother of the Blessed Mary, was so beautiful, she married Cleophas by order of the Lord. After Joachim had passed away, now within a year she bore a second daughter through Cleophas, whom she likewise called Mary. Named Mary. Anna then gave this Mary over to wed Alpheus, and this Mary, who wedded Alpheus, later bore him James, son of Alpheus, and also Philip. His brother. Her second husband, Cleophas, also died before the child could be born. So, an angel commanded her to take a third husband, by whom she bore her third daughter. Salome, 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 whom she would also refer to as Mary. Anna then gave this third Mary. In marriage to Zebedee, and through Zebedee, whom she bore the sons of Zebedee, James and John the Evangelist. Mary's life in the temple. In Jerusalem, with the aid of God and His divine guidance, we begin to write about the life of that holy man, John the Baptist, the son of Zechariah. May he intercede. On our behalf, Amen. Okay, so I stopped reading this because I didn't think I should, and I asked, 
and I didn't get an answer till today. I think I got an answer from Father Chris at Mass. So here we go. We're going to keep reading. Okay, if you don't want me to read this, just text me and tell me to stop. Okay, great. Or you can just not, not listen. <laughs> okay, great. Mary in the Temple. References. Luke 1, 5. Be Mary, or probably Blessed Mary. 5, 1. Capital P, capital E, little v. 8, 2. PSMT, 6. QUR. 337. Q B A R 215 to 221. Capital L, capital J, capital B.1. I'm spelling them out because I have no idea what they mean. Okay, great. In the days of Herod, the king of Judea, there was this Levite priest of Abijah's course, whose name was Zechariah, of the tribe of Judah. He was a prophet who arose at that time from among the children of Israel. And he had a God-loving wife whose name was Elizabeth. A shameless ad of my own podcast. Okay, great. <laughs> and he had a good God. He had a God-loving wife, whose name was Elizabeth, and she was of the daughters of the line of Aaron. Just yesterday, Daddy was like, "What are the contents of the Ark of the Covenant?" And, and, and my son's got right before I did. Good job. Of the tribe of Levi, both were righteous in God's sight and blamelessly lived according to all of the Lord's commandments and ordinances. And because they had both grown old and Elizabeth was barren, they remained without children. Mary's Lord graciously accepted her and placed her under the care of Zechariah, and everyone in Israel held her in the highest of regard. We'll pick back up with by the time that she was three, middle of page 13. The baby's crying. Okay, he went back to sleep. When she was three, he's going to almost be three. Mary's Lord graciously accepted her and placed her under the care of Zechariah, 
and everyone in Israel held her in the highest of regard. By the time that she was three, she walked so gracefully, spoke so fittingly, and praised God so passionately that everyone was impressed by her. So amazed were they, in fact, that she was not thought of as a child at all, but even as a thirty-year-old adult. And as the Lord's virgin matured, he modeled her into an exemplary child. She grew more holy every day and was full and was the fulfillment of the scripture written in the Psalms that reads, Her parents delivered her over, but the Lord nurtured her. And she remained continuously in prayer. So truly beautiful and splendid was her appearance that no one hardly looked in her face. No, that no one could hardly look her in the face. She always kept herself busy with wool working, so much so as a matter of fact that from her youth she could do everything that even the elderly woman could not. <coughs> and this was her daily schedule. From dawn until three, the third hour, she would pray. From the third hour until the ninth, she would weave. And from the ninth hour on, she would return to her prayers. I would not stop, she would not stop, until an angel of the Lord would visit her, at which point she would eat food right out of his hand. Every day she spoke with them, and every day she received visitors from God, which kept her from every form of evil and caused her to overflow with the riches of blessings. It was in this way that she became ever more perfect in the work of God. And she never rested a bit from praising God, even when the older virgins would leave off, so that when it came to exaltations and vigils to God, no one was found to surpass her, nor indeed were any more knowledgeable in the wisdom of God's law. No one was more weak or modest. None could sing more beautifully, nor was any more complete in virtue. Page 16. Truly, she was steady, unmoving, and constant. And each day she grew closer to perfection. No one ever saw her get angry or heard her speak wickedly. Her speech was marked by such eloquence that it was quite clear that God was in her tongue. She prayed without ceasing and diligently searched the law, ever mindful lest with so much as a single word 
she should sin against any of her companions. She was concerned that through her laughter or the sound of her melodious voice she should cause offense, or that her elation should perchance betray any misconduct or arrogance on her part to one of her companions. She glorified God ceaselessly, and if anyone ever greeted her, she would simply respond, Give thanks to God, that she might never have to leave off. And this is where the custom among the men of saying, Give thanks to God, when greeting one another came from, you see. She nourished herself exclusively on the food that the angel would hand-feed her daily and would distribute every morsel that the priests would give her to the poor. The angels of God were frequently seen talking with her and would obey her without question. If anyone who was sick ever touched her, she would return home healed that very hour. One day, Mary relates, while I was living in God's temple and receiving my food from an angel's hand, someone who had the appearance of an angel revealed himself to me that I could not make out his face. He, and he did not have a cup or even bread in his hand like the angel did that came before. Right away, the temple's veil was ripped into two and the earth shook with tremendous force. And because I could not look at him, I fell to the ground. But he reached out. He reached beneath me and lifted me up. And I looked into the heavens and behold, a dewy cloud came down and drenched me from my head to my toe, to my feet. And with his robe, he dried me off. And the, quote, angel, unquote, greeted me, saying to me, Hello there, you favored one and chosen vessel. Everlasting mercy to you. Then he the, struck the right side of his robe, and out came a giant loaf, and he placed it on the altar of the temple, ate therefrom, and gave some to me. Once again, he struck on the left side of his, on the left-hand side, and out came a giant cup that was brimming with wine. He 
he placed it on the temple's altar, drank therefrom, and gave some to me. Bottom of page fourteen. Then seventeen. I looked at them again and saw that the bread and wine had been restored to the way they were before. And he said to me, Three years from now, I will send you my word, oh, my word, and you will bear me my son. He will renew everything in all of creation. My beloved, go in peace, and my peace will be with you. Page 15. And after telling me all of these things, he disappeared before my eyes and the temple was restored to the way it was before. End of Mary in the Temple Page 15 Paragraph 18 Mary goes to live as Joseph's ward. Reference, capital H, capital J, capital C, 2-4, capital B, capital M, A, R, Y, 6, 1. Location, Bethlehem. Now, there was this elderly man named Joseph who was from the family and city of King David. The Judean town of Bethlehem. This man was trained in all knowledge and wisdom. And he had been made a priest in the Lord's temple. He was skilled in his carpenter's trade and he took a wife, as other men do, fathering four sons, whose names were Judas, Justice, James, and Simon, and also two daughters, whose names were Asiya and Lydia. In due course, the wife of the righteous Joseph, a woman who was bent on holiness in all that she did, passed away, you see. But that venerable man Joseph, my father, according to the flesh, and husband to my mother Mary, went off to his business and practiced carpentry with his sons. End of page 15. A quick note to listeners. The reason I hesitated in reading this book is because Father Chris was saying that 
this is an area of dispute or of questionable that he didn't believe that Joseph was married before, but it wasn't, um, you know, he wasn't, he, he didn't say that we couldn't, right? He didn't say it was, he said it wasn't doctrine. It wasn't one of those things we had to believe in. So, you know, go ahead and, and read it, you know, because it, this is a collection after all of many different works. So, you know, we'll, we'll go right, read, be merry, you know, after this and whatever that other references, capital H, capital J, capital C is when I find out what it is. Okay, great. Okay. Okay. All right. So we'll just take this with a grain of salt. All right. Okay, great. We can still believe in the other version of, you know, a chaste Joseph, which in my life, okay, to connect this to my life and my dearest husband, I've only had one husband ever. We had three celebrations, three weddings, FYI, I'll tell you that story later. One in California, one in Maryland, and one with just us. It was because my parents were very against my marriage. Well, it's a long story. High school sweethearts, whatever, praying for us, thank you. And all high school sweethearts and all cross-culture marriages, thank you. Okay. But yes, in our life, it's funny story that his mother went to a reader, palm reader, soothsayer, whatever you have. And she put it in their minds that my husband would grow up and have three wives. So here's the problem with prophecy is that they don't give you a complete picture. <laughs> so, right? So <laughs> after our three weddings, and he tells me these things, and I'm like, hello, we had three weddings. Isn't that good enough? Then that fulfilled prophecy. <laughs> so, yeah, funny trivia. He now calls me. <laughs> we have, like, two kids, and then we have, like, ten years in between, and then we have, like, hello, and hello number two. Hello. <laughs> hello. So now we have four kids. Okay. So. He keeps saying, I feel like you're my second wife, but you're the same person. And I was like, yeah, okay, that's, I don't know how to take that, but okay, thank you, I guess. I love you. Okay, great. Because <laughs> we've been through some stuff. Yeah. Valley of tears, people. I'll tell you that another day. Thank you for that ad lib. We will continue. Top of page 16. Now, my blessed, holy, and unblemished Mother Mary was already 12 years old by the time the Honorable Joseph had become a widower. Her parents had dedicated her to the temple when she was three, you see, and for nine years she lived in the temple of the Lord. Then, when the priests recognized that the saintly and God-loving virgin was coming of age, they talked it over with one another. Hey, let us try and find a just and pious man, they agreed, to whom we may entrust Mary until such time as she should wed. Just in case what normally happens among women should take place within her, while housed in it, for 
Should we fail to do this thing, we might bring God's wrath down upon us, ourselves. That we might bring God's wrath down upon ourselves. So they promptly sent word and assembled twelve elderly men from the line of Judah. They wrote out the names of the twelve Israelite tribes, and the lot fell upon the elderly, devout, and upright Joseph. Now, when at last the priests were resolved, they said to my blessed mother, Go with Joseph and remain with him until it's time for you to wed. So the righteous Joseph accepted my mother and took her away to his own home. And Mary found the lesser James broken-hearted and cast down over the recent loss of his mother. So she looked after him in his father's house, and this is why Mary is spoken of as the mother of James. From that time forward, Joseph left her at home and went away to his carpenter's shop and practiced his trade. And after living in his house for two years, from the time that he took her in, Mary was now 14 years of age. What a good number for night. End of chapter 18. Mary goes to live as Joseph's ward. I really like the rare movie of Mother Mary version. If you guys want to go check it out on YouTube, rare. Mother Mary movie, I think is the title. Rare Mother, Rare Mother Mary movie. I think either that or Rare Mary movie. I don't remember. Something like that. We offer this reading to our friends, new and old, of orchids and flowers and leaves and smits smitten prayer intentions and everyone who's ever passed through their doors amen No, don't play with that, please. You have all your other toys. That's Daddy's. Okay. Thank you. Toys. Yeah, go play your toys. Play toys? Yes. 19. Paragraph or chapter. Monster truck. Monster truck, where'd you go? Where'd you put it? Oh, don't know. Oh, no. Where is it? I don't know. Don't
Go look for it. You put it somewhere. Where, baby? Oh, it's right there. Look. You found it? On the floor over there. See? Over there. Over there. Over there. No, not in the box. Not box. Right here. Right here. You put it all in the box? Why do you do that here? <laughs> Silly baby. Look, look at this. Wow. Here. Peanut? You want peanut? All your cars are here. You put it here. See? 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 Uh-huh. Okay, come here. I open for you. Mary ordered to wed. References, be Mary, 5, 3 to 17. Capital P, capital E, little v, 8, 3 to 6. Capital P, little s, capital N, little t, 8. Place, the temple, Jerusalem. Now, and it happened that by the time Mary had reached the age of 14, Every upright person who had ever met her respected her lifestyle and manner of speaking, and no malicious person could accuse her of any wrongdoing. Then the Pharisees affirmed that because she had turned 14 and because it had been such a long-standing practice, no woman who had reached that particular age should remain within the temple of God. So the high priest issued this decree. All 14-year-old virgins who have reached physical maturity and who reside in the temple's public housing should return to their own homes and seek to wed in accordance with the custom of their nation. Mary, the Lord's virgin, was the only one who refused even though the other virgins were eager to comply, saying that she could not, for the reasons that both she and her parents 
had given her to the Lord's service, and that, moreover, she had pledged her virginity to the Lord, which was a vow that she was determined never to break by sleeping with a man. This put the high priest in a difficult position, because he realized that he could not annul the vow. Disobeying the scripture that reads, quote, "Vow and pay," unquote. Nor did he wish to set a precedent that would seem foreign to the people. So. He ordered all of the prominent people of Jerusalem and its surrounding area to convene during the approaching feast, and to offer up their recommendations as to the most prudent option for such a difficult situation. So. He ordered all of the prominent people of Jerusalem and its surrounding areas to convene during the approaching feast and to offer up their recommendations as to the most prudent option for such a difficult situation. And after they had gathered together, he said to them, "Look, Mary has turned fourteen in the temple of the Lord. What should we do to keep her from polluting the Lord's temple?" They all agreed that it would be best to consult the Lord and to seek His advice. They therefore said to the high priest, "You serve at the Lord's altar. Enter into the sanctuary, and pray with regard to her situation, and we will comply with whatever the Lord should reveal to you." Chapter Twenty. Then they joined together in prayer, and the high priest took the breastplate of judgment, entered into the holy of holies, and prayed her circumstances over. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, "Zechariah, Zechariah." Go and gather all of the widowers from among the people, and all who were there heard a voice coming from the ark and the seat of mercy, and the mercy seat, which said that the virgin ought to be betrothed. To the one determined according to the prophecy out of the book of Isaiah, praying for Isaiah. For Isaiah says, according to the prophecy out of the book of Isaiah, quote, "A staff will proceed from the stem of Jesse, and a flower will bud from its root." And the spirit of the Lord will rest upon him, the spirit that enkindles wisdom and 
understanding, the spirit that delivers power and instruction, the spirit that conveys knowledge and virtue, and the spirit that inspires and all of the Lord will direct him. And so it happened that they came across the idea of sending a herald out to the Israelite tribes and gathering them together in the Lord's temple on the third day. Okay, one more before we have to go and do something public. Prayer intentions. Thank you, O Lord. Joseph chosen to take Mary. Reference. Be Mary six one to seven. Capital P, capital E, little V, eight, seven through sixteen. Capital P, little S, capital M, little T, eight. Location: the Temple, Jerusalem. Bottom of page seventeen. So, in accordance with this prophecy, he ordered every available and eligible man of David's line to bring his own rod to the altar. The man from whose staff a flower would bud, and upon which the Lord's spirit would alight in the form of a dove, would be the one to whom the virgin should be betrothed. And the criers went throughout the Judea, Judean countryside. Then the Lord, what, who, what, the criers. The cry, the criers, went throughout the Judean countryside, crying. Then the Lord's trumpet blared, and everyone came running up. Among them was Joseph, who tossed aside his carpenter's axe and joined in the gathering. And when they had all assembled in one place. The high priest Abiathar got up and ascended to a higher step, that all the people might see him and hear. And when he had gotten them to quiet down, Abiathar declared, "Sons, okay, okay, we'll be right back. Okay, we'll be right back with what Abiathar declares." <laughs> I go to sleep. Sleep? Go to sleep? I go to sleep. Are you sure? 
is rest or sleep. I see. Rest is little bit. Sleep is sleep. No, I go sleep. You go sleep. No, get up. No. You sure? Uh, I go sleep. Rest means you're just gonna do a little bit and then you're gonna get up. No, I sleep. No, get up. No, I sleep. Okay. <laughs> Kiss Jesus. You see Jesus? Kiss him. Mm. Kiss Faustina. Helena. Thank you. How about um, anything else you want to say? What do you want to say? Top of page 18. Abiathar declared, Sons of Israel, listen. Open your ears and hearken to my words. From the time that Solomon built this temple, it has housed virgins, the daughters of kings and of prophets, of priests and of high priests, and great and venerable were they. But when the time was right, they followed in the footsteps of their mothers and were married off, and so were deemed to be pleasing to God. But Mary has found a new way of life for herself, promising to continue in her vow of virginity to God. For this reason, I think it is right to determine into whose care she should be given by asking God and receiving his response. These words were accepted by the synagogue, so the priests cast the lot on the twelve tribes, and it fell upon the tribe of Judah. Tomorrow, the priest announced, let all who are without a wife come together, staff in hand. So Joseph brought his rod along, as did all the younger men each of whom, of whom took his staff up to the high priest. But when everyone else handed their rods in, Joseph held his own rod back. After he had taken the staffs, the high priest entered into the temple and prayed. And after he had finished his prayer, he gathered them, returned them, and distributed them among the men, but no sign appeared on any of them. So when nothing that the heavenly voice had spoken of seemed to happen, the high priest decided that it would be best to at once consult the Lord, whose answer was that the virgin should be engaged to the one man in the whole crowd who had not turned in his staff. 
Joseph handed in his rod, and when the high priest had received them, he sacrificed to the Lord God and sought an answer from him. Put your staffs into God's holy of holies, the Lord instructed him, and leave them all there. Tell them to return tomorrow and receive their rods back. Let Mary be delivered into the keeping of the man who shows this sign. Quote, when his staff is returned into his hand, a dove will issue from its tip and fly away into the sky. So they all assembled early the next morning when incense was offered up and the high priest entered into the Holy of Holies and brought out the rods. Then he handed them out again, but no dove came from any of them. The high priest then donned the twelve bells and the priestly robes and the priestly robe entered into the Holy of Holies, burnt an offering, and said a prayer. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Here is the shortest staff. You did not count it up or take it out with the others, though you brought it in with all the rest. 22. Now, after you have taken it out and given it to its owner, the sign that I spoke to you about will appear. Joseph was therefore exposed because the staff belonged to him. He had been passed up, so to speak, that on account of his old age he might not get her and neither did he wish to ask for it back. And as he stood there meekly, last of all, the high priest thundered, Joseph, we are all waiting for you to come and get your staff. Now because the high priest had called him with such vehemence, Joseph went up trembling. So he received his staff after everyone else had received theirs. Now, as soon as he had reached out his hand and taken hold thereof, from out of the sky flew a beautiful dove, which was even whiter than snow, and perched upon it. Then the dove flew off of it, and upon Joseph's head. Then, after flying around the rooftops of the temple for quite a while, it flew away into the heavens. Now, everyone saw clearly that the virgin was to be betrothed to him. So they congregated the old, congratulated the old man and said, Father Joseph, you have been blessed 
in your old age, for God has deemed you to be worthy of Mary. Then the priests all counseled Joseph, You must accept her, for out of the entire line of Judah, God has chosen you alone to take the Lord's virgin into your care. But Joseph answered them sheepishly, I am an old man with sons of my own. She is but a little girl. I have children already, so why are you giving me this young maiden, who is even younger than my grandsons? I protest for fear of becoming an object of ridicule in Israel. Joseph, the high priest Abiathar cautioned, Joseph, you ought to fear the Lord your God and to call to mind what he did to Danith, Danith, no, sorry, Dathan, Abiram, and Korah. How the earth was ripped apart and all of them were swallowed up. It was for their disobedience and contempt for God's will that they perished. Watch out, Joseph, and realize that all of this could come to your to come can could come to pass in your house too. It most certainly will happen if you scorn what God demands. Praying for Adam's God. Truly, I do not despise God's will, Joseph replied, but I will foster her until I know to which of my sons it is his will to give her. Let some of the virgin friends be given, to her, given her for companionship and consolation, Joseph said. Five virgins will indeed be conceded. The high priest, Abiathar, responded, but only, but only until the day comes for you to take her to yourself, for she cannot marry anyone but you. 23. So Joseph, growing fearful, accepted Mary into his charge, along with Rebekah, Sephora, Susanna, Abigail, and Zael. The five other maidens who were to live with her in Joseph's house and to whom the high priest would give the silk, the blue, the choice linen, the scarlet, the purple, and the fine flax. Mary, said Joseph, I have accepted you for the Lord's, from the Lord's temple. But for now, I must leave you in my house to go away and do some building. 
I will come again for you, and may the Lord watch over you. Side note, it's customary for the Jewish men to go away for a year to build a house for his new bride after the uh, betrothal. You know, you can't welcome a bride if you don't have a house and home and hearth. Right? Bling, bling. End of section. Joseph chosen to take Mary. Top of page 20. For my prayer intentions, I've done all I can, O oh Lord. I put it into your hands. I pray for everybody I've ever worked with this three years and everyone I've served. May we remember them, whether they believe in you and subscribe to you or not, and I pray for those who do not. Mary spins the scarlet and the purple. Capital P, capital E, little v, nine, one through five. Capital P, little s, capital M, little t, eight. Where? Jerusalem. Bethlehem. The council of priests assembled and said, Let us fashion a veil for the temple of the Lord. And the high priest said, Summon the undefiled virgins of the line of David. And the officers went looking and found seven virgins. The high priest then called to mind that Mary too was of David's line. So the officers went and got her also. Then they gathered them into the Lord's temple and the high priest said, Cast lots before me to see who will weave the golden thread, the white the linen, the silk, the blue, the crimson, and the royal purple. The royal purple and the crimson fell to Mary's lot, so she accepted them and took them home. Then, so as to provoke Mary, the virgins taunted, since you are after us all, the younger than us all, and ever so modest, you truly deserve to be awarded and to accept the purple. Then they started calling her the Virgin Queen. And even as they were saying these things, the angel of the Lord appeared in the mist and said, These words will not have been spoken as a mere insult, but uttered as a most prophetic truth. They naturally trembled at the sight of the angel and the words he had spoken. So they asked Mary to forgive them and to pray on their behalf. Mary then took the scarlet thread and began to spin. This marks the time when Zachariah became able, became un, 
able to speak. 24. End of section. Mary spins the scarlet and the purple. Thank you for listening. I'm going to go pray now. Talk to you later. Bye. For now. Today is 11-21-2022. I offer this reading for... How should I say this? I don't know anymore. Marriage. All right, good enough. And all that is blah, blah, blah. Okay, branch.